0: open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
1: a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand The hills is his also. Sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord. of his pasture, and the sheep
0: of his hand. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
1: most famous.
0: Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. O send out thy light and thy truth, let them lead me, let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go to the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. The Old Testament lesson for Judica is written in the twenty-second chapter of Genesis beginning at the first verse. After these things God tested Abraham, and said to him, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, Now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go into the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you of. Abraham rose early in the morning, and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. He split the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place far off. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. He took in his hand the fire and the knife. They both went together. Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father? He said, Here I am, my son. He said, Here is the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son so they both went together. They came to the place which God had told him of. Abraham built the altar there, and laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar on the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand, and took the knife to kill his son. The angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and saw that behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the Lord's mountain it will be provided. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the ninth chapter of Hebrews, beginning at the eleventh verse. Brothers, Christ having come as a high priest of the coming good things, through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, nor yet through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, entered in once for all into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls, and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify to the cleanness of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without defect to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, since a death has occurred for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, that those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thou deliverest me from mine enemies. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came out and have come from God. For I haven't come of myself, but he sent me. Why don't you understand my speech? Because you can't hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and doesn't stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks on his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you don't believe me which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this cause you don't hear, because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered him, Don't we say well that you are Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I don't have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. But I don't seek my own glory." There is one who seeks and judges. Amen, amen. I tell you, if a person keeps my word, he will never see death. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets, and you say, If a man keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? The prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say that he is our God. You have not known him, but I know him. If I said, I don't know him, I would be like you, a liar, but I know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews therefore said to him, You are not yet fifty years old. Have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you. Before Abraham came into existence, I am. Therefore they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden, and went out of the temple, having gone through the middle of them, and so passed by. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In Salem also is his tabernacle, and his dwelling place in Zion. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray this morning, Almighty, we beseech you, Almighty God, mercifully look upon your people, your people, who are the people of God for whom we pray. Obviously, we assume it's us, and that can be a problem. The problem isn't that we could be the people of God. We, we are. We'll see that throughout the sermon. The problem is when we assume it. After all, look at the gospel. We're not the only ones assuming we're the people of God. The Jews in the gospel also assume they're God's people, and we see this today as well. It's not just baptized Trinitarian Christians who believe they're God's people. So do the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons on the north side of town. So do Muslims. So do modern-day Jews. So do many progressives who feel moved by the spirit of the age. So do many people who think God is merely a floating sky therapist who just wants them to be happy. Outside of atheists, everyone assumes they're God's people. So then, to answer this, let's look at what Jesus says in verse 42. (coughs) He said to the Jews, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, Why why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. He starts it by saying, If God were your Father, he's telling the Jews point blank, You are not the people of God. And he lays out three reasons why this is. First, because you don't love him who the Father sent. Second, because they did not and could not bear to understand or hear or believe the teachings of him who the Father sent. And third, because their desires reflect not the will of God, but the will of their own father, the devil. Christ says the devil is a murderer, the father of lies. And we see this. Christ says it's from the beginning. We see this in Genesis, when the serpent lied to the woman and brought death to mankind. That's what the serpent desires. That's what the devil desires. That's what his children desire. So the desires of these Jews are to murder and lie so that they may have, have nothing to do with the truth. Here is our Lord, the truth incarnate, speaking to them, and they're unable to convict him of any sin, yet they will not hear him. And the reason for this is simple. Their heart, their soul, their very being is not of God. They refuse to be of God. And not being of God, they are completely incapable of hearing God's words. They cannot even bear to hear God's words without screaming lies or bloodlust. And notice the level of hate that is reached here. It's not just the devil hating the Son of God, although... Hate of righteousness does begin with him. It's not just the scribes and Pharisees, the leaders, hating the truth incarnate, although they're some of the first to hate him in Judea, and they are teaching and leading others to hate him as well. They're the ones plotting to kill Jesus. No, notice the entire nation of the Jews in this scripture hates the word incarnate. Yes, there are some Jews, like the disciples, who follow him and love him. But as a nation, the nation of the Jews hates Jesus. They want him dead. And even though they can't convict him of any sin, they want him to die. They claim to love God, but they hate who he sent and his word. But it's not just the Jews who claim to love God and hate the son whom he sent. We see this today. For instance, anyone who proclaims that Jesus is a God but not one substance with the Father, they hate Jesus. Likewise, anyone who proclaims Jesus is a great teacher or prophet but nothing more, they hate Jesus as well. Because Jesus proclaims himself in this scripture to be the great I Am, to be Yahweh in the flesh. He proclaims to know the Father. He proclaims he's one with the Father. And so Jesus teaches one way. The world, those other religions, teach another. So, such as, so those that teach that Jesus is not one with God, they teach that he's not one substance with the Father, they hate Jesus as well. They go against what he says. Anyone who proclaims Jesus teaches the morality of the world today, or that teaches That Jesus loves you just the way you are and just wants you to be happy. These also hate Jesus. You see, the world teaches to express yourself sexually however you feel in the moment. That if you want to live together before marriage, do it. If you're attracted to the same sex, proclaim it and practice it loudly. If you want to change your sex, go ahead, get the operation. But that's not what our Lord says. He quotes Genesis proclaiming that God created you male or female. That he created sexuality exclusively for marriage. And that he created marriage as one man and one woman. In the creation of the one flesh. In the image of Christ and the church. You see Jesus teaches one way the world another. And so they can claim God all they want. But if they go against what Jesus says they hate Jesus. Anyone who proclaims that there are many ways to God hates Jesus. For Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, Jesus teaches one way, they another. They hate him. In short, to confess or proclaim anything less of Jesus than what he proclaims of, of himself is to hate him. And why do such people proclaim and believe false things about Christ? It's simple. They're ashamed of Him. They're ashamed that the Father sent Him. And of the words and teachings He brings from the Father. Because you see, they don't desire what God desires. And what is it that God earnestly desires of which they're so ashamed? What does God earnestly want that they're ashamed of? And the answer is simple. It's the cross. They're ashamed of the cross. Go to a Jehovah's Witness kingdom hall. Go to a Mormon church, and you know what you won't see? A cross. You won't see a cross anywhere. Go to a progressive church, and while you'll see old images of the cross, what you'll hear is no teaching about the cross at all being the atonement for your sin. They're okay with the cross being an example of love, but not as a payment and salvation from your sin. And talk to people who claim God for themselves. They claim God wants them to be happy. They claim they don't need the church. But one thing they'll never claim is the cross. Because they are ashamed and scandalized by the cross. They're ashamed of thinking that they have sinned. They don't want to admit that. Or they're ashamed of thinking that only Christ can redeem them from their sin. That they can't do it themselves. Christ says, if God were your Father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. God is not their Father. They don't love the Son whom the Father sent. In fact, they hate when the Son teaches and brings words from the Father. They don't desire what the Father wills. Because they are ashamed of the cross. And even hearing about the cross sends them into their lies and into murderous rages. It's easy to look down on such people. But before we hate such people for being ashamed of the cross, for hating our Lord, we must recognize that we too, along with them, inherited this sin and hatred of the truth. That's what Adam did. He sinned and hated the truth. We inherited that from him. We, too, also once hated God with such bloodlust. That used to be us. And so without assuming, we have to ask, what then makes us people of God for whom we pray? Our Lord said a bit ago, when when Satan lies, he speaks out of his own character. Notice that when our Lord is done speaking, the Jews then speak, revealing their character and revealing who their father is. The Jews answered him, saying, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Notice what they're doing. They accuse Jesus of not being a true Jew, so he can't be a true son of David. And then they blaspheme the Holy Spirit in Christ as being instead a demon. So they lie about Jesus. They lie about the Holy Spirit. Because if they can prove these things about him, then they feel justified in killing him. That's what they want. And so our Lord, in verse 49, Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. If Abraham died, as did the prophets, Abraham died, as did the prophets, yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? What Jesus says there, This this entire reading hinges on the one thing Jesus says there. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Keeps my word. It is the word and the spirit which are heard in the ears, which then enters the heart. It is the word, spirit, and water which brings the rebirth of a man where the old Adam goes into the water to die with all his blasphemy, lies, and bloodlust and arises as a new man in Christ. And so this answers our question. How does one go from being a son of the devil to the son of God? It's in baptism. There we go from the devil being our father to God being our father. From blaspheming the spirit like these Jews to being recreated by the spirit. From speaking lies to confessing and praising the truth incarnate. From being murderers of those who proclaim Christ crucified, we're turned into, instead we're turned into those who will never see death. We go from being ashamed of the cross and the waters to then clinging to the cross, denying ourselves, picking up our own crosses, and following him. That's how it's done. It's because of the word. And because of the word, we are now of God. And because of the word, we love him who the Father sent. Because of the word, we now desire the word of God to hear it. We're now able to hear the word to our own life and comfort. He says, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. But the Jews here, the Jews and others who claim to be of God, but hate his word, they don't understand death. They point to Abraham being dead and the prophets still being dead. But they don't notice that Abraham and the prophets are alive in Christ. They don't understand true death or true life because they are ashamed of the cross. So Jesus goes on in verse 54. He he answers, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. The day Abraham rejoiced to see, we heard that in the Old Testament. It was the day when Isaac was set to be slaughtered. But instead, the angel of the Lord was sent by God to intervene. The day Abraham saw and was glad was when the Lamb of God, caught in the thicket of the crown of thorns, took Isaac's place. And it's the same day we rejoice to see. It's Good Friday, where the Son of God incarnate was sent by the Father to intervene for us, to take our place on the cross for our sin. Good Friday, yes, it's a somber and serious day. But like Abraham, we're glad to see it. Because that's our salvation. That is the Son of God dying for us so we may never see death. That is the day we are redeemed by our Lord. That's our baptism. And when our Lord redeems us in baptism, our Lord on the cross glorifies the Father who sent his Son to die for the sins of the world. The Father is glorified because we see that he sent his Son to die for the world. And dying for the sins of the world, Good Friday is the day when the Father lifts up the Son in all humiliation and all glory. So that the world may see the price that God paid for our sin. It was his Son. It was everything he had. He held nothing back. However somber Good Friday is, underneath that somberness is the joy waiting to burst out in the open on Easter morn when the sun arises in that glory. Because in the cross there is no shame. We don't come Good Friday to celebrate our Christ crucified because there's shame. There is no shame. Revealed there is the full glory of the Father who sent the Son. Revealed there is the full glory of the Son who is sent by the Father. And in that glory we are forgiven. In that glory we will rise with Him. We don't take pride in ourselves. We take pride in Christ crucified. Not shame. Pride in Christ crucified. Because our comfort and salvation are in His wounds. The Jews go on in verse 57. They say to Jesus, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. What he's saying is, before Abraham was, I'm Yahweh. And so they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. The Jews in this text and all the world who claims God is right here, but they're ashamed of the cross. And the world still has the stones in their hands. Christ is no longer visible for them to stone, but His church is visible. And His church is where He is present. And it's at us, the church. Where those stones are now ain't, Because even today, they cannot bear, even though they claim God, they cannot bear to hear the words of Christ. They cannot bear His cross. And so when it's mentioned, their desires are still the lies and bloodlusts of their Father. Now notice again what we prayed for. We beseech you, Almighty God, mercifully look upon your people. The Latin is actually, look upon your family, your baptized church. Look upon your family, that by your great goodness they may be governed. Better way to say that is they may be kept and protected and preserved evermore, both in body and soul. We are God's people not because we assume it, but because we keep and preserve God's word. We keep the incarnation and the cross. And in turn, we pray that God would keep and preserve us in body and soul. Today is the beginning of Passion Tide where for two weeks we intently meditate on our Lord's Passion. And we follow our Lord as we, be, as we begin the ascent up to Golgotha today. Knowing that while we may be hidden now from the world, our time of suffering may also arrive whenever our father wills it so that he can shine his light to others so as the world picks up their stones against christ and us let us carry our crosses with our lord do not be ashamed follow him follow him into life and comfort for eternity and today let us come eat and drink the body and blood of our lord together And in so doing, confess his death proudly until he comes again. Let us eat and drink and glory in the cross. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus said unto the multitude of the Jews and to the chief priests, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers. And to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus said unto the multitude of the Jews and to the chief priests, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto Thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto Thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let Thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto Thee, O Lord. If Thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with Thee that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say, more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. We beseech you, Almighty God, mercifully look upon your people that by your great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by Thy governance, may be righteous in Thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, Thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with Thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech Thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.